This is the Parenting for Faith podcast from the Bible Reading Fellowship. Visit parentingforfaith.org for free online videos and resources and an eight-session course all about Parenting for Faith. You can also sign up for news, subscribe to this podcast, and find out about events and training in your area. Welcome to the Parenting for Faith podcast. My name's Anna Hawkin. I'm part of the team here at Parenting for Faith. And I'll be your host for this, which is episode three of season three. Today, we're going to be thinking about Ukraine and how we can be welcoming and hospitable, uh, how we can surf this wave and walk this journey with our children and young people about how to welcome people from Ukraine or indeed from many other countries. We'll be talking about that a little bit more. And then in our question and answer section, uh, Rachel is going to be answering a question, a brilliant question that someone sent in. Um, And just a little bit of a heads up here that it does refer to children, um, adopted children who have been hurt and abused. They've experienced trauma in the past. So this might not be something uh, that you want to listen to with your children and young people, particularly if that's something uh, that they've experienced or that's difficult to them. Uh, They might want you might want to listen on your own first. I hope you've had a good week. I have had COVID. No. Oh, we're all so fed up of it, aren't we? Um, I will do my very best to edit my coughing out, but please be rest assured if any sneak in that you're safe behind your phone or your computer screen uh, and it can't get to you. But I just thought I'd take this moment just to acknowledge that COVID is still a big deal. It's still a massive problem, isn't it? Um, it's affecting education and exams, it's affecting our relationships, it's affecting uh, how we interact with church and those relationships as well. And just to say, all of our support and resources for that hasn't gone away. If you pop onto the parentingforfaith.brf.org.uk website and type in coronavirus, you'll see we have loads of support resources on um, big questions to do with suffering and coronavirus, additional needs, Uh, grief and loss, uh, journaling questions. There's loads of stuff on there. So if you've joined us more recently, you might not know that exists. I just wanted to highlight that. But yeah, let's think about welcoming people from Ukraine. Now, uh, I really want to be clear here that there's loads and loads of different um, ways that we can be supporting people from all sorts of different countries. There's loads of people who need our help. um, And I don't want to make it just about Ukraine uh, and it feels too narrow Uh, but that is something that many of us are being involved in at the moment. It's a a wave that we can surf. So we talk a lot in Parenting for Faith about these five key tools. Uh, They're things that you can just do in the normal everyday bits of your life as a parent or carer just to help draw your child's attention towards God, to help them to meet him, to help them to get to know him better. And one of these is called surfing the waves. And it's just about spotting when your child or teenager shows an interest in something. Uh, they may, it may seem totally random that they uh, suddenly get angry about something or they want to connect with God in a certain way. Um, but it can quite often be linked to personal circumstances or world events. And I think many of our children and young people um, have been impacted by seeing the news and hearing about what's been happening in Ukraine. Um, or indeed by the Homes for Ukraine programme. And it may be that you are hosting uh, Ukrainians or preparing to do that, or that they have uh, children or young people in their children in their school, sorry, or in their church. Um, and you want to think about how to be hospitable. 
So I just thought I would share a little bit of our, my family's uh, very imperfect and messy journey of doing this. Uh, I'm going to be deliberately vague about my family and our guests for obvious reasons. Um, but just to say we are two weeks into um, having two people from Ukraine join us and live with us. So we're a household of seven instead of five now. Um, and I've just found the Parenting for Faith tools so helpful for helping us navigate a transition and a little bit of a journey for doing that. So I'm going to share a little bit about it. And I hope if this is something you're thinking about uh, getting involved in in any way that you'll find this helpful. Uh, so inspired by the key tools and also the six stage circle, something else to look up on our website. Um, I'm going to suggest three things that you might want to do if this is something that is uh, a wave you're surfing in your household. Uh, so first of all, create windows and involve them in the decision making and praying and chatting to God as much as possible. So creating windows is another one of our key tools. And all we mean by that is making your relationship and your processing with God um, so that your children or young people can see or hear what's going on. So it's very easy for us to go on our own journey of chatting to God about stuff and or chatting to our spouse and kind of processing things and then tell our children or young people this is the decision we've made. But as much as possible, um, I think it's brilliant if we can tell them, hey, I've been talking to God about this and uh, just telling him how I feel about the war in Ukraine and maybe asking him if there's anything our family should be doing. Uh, you can offer them opportunities to do that. You can say to them, hey, if you want to chat to God about it, um, go for it. Feel free to tell me anything you feel like you catch that he's saying back. You might want to have times as a whole family. I know families who do that really well. Um, we never seem to manage that. We always seem to get distracted. But if that's something that you feel able to do together or side by side, you're chatting to God and your child is chatting to God and then you um, share kind of what, you both, what you're both feeling. Um, I think that can work really well. But yeah, it's a whole family decision having someone come to live with you. And so it's really great for them to be involved in the decision making and the praying and the processing as much as possible. And I think also just to recognise within that, that you are just one family or one household, but you sit within a supportive community of a church and also your friends and family and maybe your local network. And just to really make use of that, you know, as part of your decision making, you might want to find out, are there people within your church who aren't hosting, but maybe they could help with some of the form filling or uh, for us, we just very practically, we had to move a lot of furniture and change a lot of things around. And church was the first place to go to, to say, hey, guys, we need these things. Um, can you provide them? Can you help us? And again, just creating windows into that rather than doing it all behind closed doors. This is part of what it means to be in church community is to help each other when you need help and support each other. Um, so making sure that that was a whole family process. But the second thing I'd say is to frame, do lots and lots of explaining uh, beforehand, during, after. It doesn't take that much more effort or that much more thinking to just pause and think, wait a second, um, have I told my kids what's going on? Have I explained what this will mean for them? Have I given them an opportunity to ask questions? You can reassure them of what will be the same and explain anything that will be different. Uh, so for us, for example, it sounds obvious, but we um, 
part of the transition meant that we don't have a playroom anymore. We were super fortunate to have that uh, before. Um, but I wanted to tell them, hey, this room isn't going to be a place where you can play anymore, but you will still have all your toys and you are still going to be able to have spaces to play um, and none of your toys will be broken or damaged or anything like that. Um, and, you know, for one of my children, that was really important. That was something that he was really concerned about. So that was important to him. You know your children best. You're the expert in them. So try and think what are the things that they care about or will be important to them. Um, and if you're not sure, just give them loads of opportunities to ask questions. They'll soon tell you what are the things that um, they're concerned about or that they have questions about. And you might want to explain what their role might be and anything that you might like to do differently. So lots of our day to day life hasn't been affected. We're still getting up and going to school and their mealtimes mostly look quite similar, things like that. But we did have to put a boundary in place and say, hey, at home, we've generally been quite relaxed about keeping the door open when you're using the toilet or going into the bathroom. But when we have other people living with us, that's something that could make them feel uncomfortable. So can we try and think and help each other to remember that that's something that we need to work on? And then thirdly, I'd just say really equip them to get involved. We've talked about them being part of the praying and the decision making, but this is such a brilliant opportunity for them to practically be involved, to live out their purpose. And with a little bit of framing and explaining, they can understand what are the best ways that they can do that. So one of the things I was really excited to say to our children is there's a language barrier here and that's going to make it really tricky for the adults to communicate and to find fun things that we can do. But you as children are amazing at breaking the ice. You can play football or you can smile at them or you can do things with them. And it's actually easier as a child than as an adult. So you are really powerful and you have an important purpose here. It'd be amazing if you could play your part, if you feel open to that. Also be willing to support and follow their suggestions and ideas. We may have a very specific way of how they might like to get involved. Um, but if they want to do something else, as long as it's appropriate and fits with your boundaries and so on, go with that. So uh, our children wanted to make a welcome poster. That was something they wanted to spend a long time on. That wasn't what I had in mind for that day. And I thought of some more practical ways that they could help. But actually, that was the thing that made the biggest impact on our guests. Um, and I love that they were able to do that. Uh, they wanted to put Easter eggs on our guests' uh, pillows on their bed. And so I did a quick check, you know, that's not anything offensive or strange. They're not uh, allergic to chocolate, anything like that. No, that seems like a good idea, brilliant. Okay, that's something we can do. Sometimes they might get slightly the wrong end of the stick um, and that's fine. That's an opportunity to ask questions and um, encourage them to empathize and think about the situation that these people have been in and what might be helpful and not helpful. And you may even get some opportunities for unwinding as well. This is an amazing time to learn about God and who he is, as well as the way that we interact with them. So um, an example, we had uh, we've been praying uh, for the war in Ukraine and the people affected by it. Um, not every night, but kind of when it comes up and it's it's something that they've been interested in. And one of my children said one night, I want to pray for um, the war in Ukraine to stop, uh, but I don't want our new guests to go home. I really like them being here, so I'm not going to pray that. Uh, 
and because we had that time and space, that was just an opportunity to say, okay, let's talk about uh, what God wants for people. And um, when we pray, is it just about the things that we most want? Or do we need to think a little bit broader about how things affect other people and how it makes God feel when there's war going on and all those kind of things? So, yeah, just really interesting. This is a really exciting opportunity. And whether you're involved as a host or uh, with people in your uh, children's school or in their church um, I think this can be really exciting and um, just to say we found a really good resource from the National Association of Therapeutic Parents and um, which is for families arriving to the UK from Ukraine just recognizing that children will have experienced effects of trauma um, directly related to the Russian invasion how to recognize it what families can do to help so I will pop a link to that in the show notes um, because it's just really relevant to our discussion and I know some of you might find it useful. I also wanted to recommend uh, the Hopeful Activist podcast has an episode specifically on hosting refugees with people who have been doing this for years and years and years and um, they talk to the guys at Hope at Home and uh, just people with a lot more experience and wisdom than we do so again uh, we'll pop a link there and I'd really like to recommend them. So we're going to move on now to Rachel answering a question. As I mentioned at the beginning, um, this is a question an adoptive parent has sent in about her children's lives um, from before they were adopted. So it might not be something that you want to listen to with your children and young people around. Over to Rachel. We love receiving your questions and big questions and small questions. I think they're all significant questions. And if you have a question, please do contact us through email, through the contact us page on the website, through Facebook, anywhere that you want to get in contact. We'd love to hear it. And uh, this question that came in this week is about children and trauma. Uh, this parent has two adopted children and uh, they both have had um, suffered uh, trauma and neglect in their uh, in their childhood. And uh, she just was, well, she wrote it so beautifully. I just like to, to read it. Um, I'm going to drop in in the middle of the email when she's talking about how her uh, adopted children um, think and explore God. They struggle with the concept of God being kind and being in our home when they have both been so badly hurt and abused by those who were responsible for their care and nurture. I was asked by the children why God let them be born and hurt. I said God was good and loving, and he helped us bring them out of that place into a safe place. I said God didn't abandon them. He was with them and being hurt, too, by all the bad things that were done to them. I'm so worried I'm doing more damage than good, though, and it breaks my heart firstly for the things my beautiful boys have been through, and then because my explanations could be causing them further damage in their understanding of a loving God who is with us always. That does, This doesn't comfort them, but causes them more fear. Any help would be gratefully received. First of all, I just want to say thank you so much for such a vulnerable and honest uh, email. Um, not all children who have suffered trauma and abuse uh, experience this bump. They experience it in different ways and, and different uh, views of God in the same way that all of us are shaped by our past to see God in, uh, in different lights and with different particular sensitivities that we have towards God. And for some children who have suffered trauma and abuse, uh, this can become a question for them. And uh, first of all, I just want to say, great. I love that you're wading in and that you are answering and that you are not 
shying away from these questions from your children. I think that is so powerful that you are wading into it and wanting to speak into that and allowing them to ask those questions. That is that is truly wonderful for them, that they have a place that they can wrestle with these big questions. Uh, that is really, really significant. So huge, well done. Uh, one thing that I, I just wanted to reflect, I think, is that for many of us, uh, our f- starting point for understanding God is this concept of a loving God who is with us always, that that is our most comforting view of God, that is our um, most uh, important view of God in some ways for us, that we're like, yes, that is the center of everything. And and for some children, that that being the center of everything as a starting point can be a, a big leap to make. And, and, and for me, I would suggest that you just take a step back and begin to consider broadening out your children's view of God and of life with him. Because a God who is, who is loving and always with us is not the only aspect of the beautiful, complex, unfathomable God that we serve. Um, there are so many different aspects of God that might be a, a more accessible basis for relationship to start off. For instance, this is a God of justice. Uh, This is a God who can create good out of ashes. This is a God who weaves hope in dark places. This is a God who gives peace that passes all understanding. This is a God who can sweep away shame and heaviness from us. This is a God who can enable people to sing in prisons. This is a God who um, can release us from shame and fear. There, There is so much of who God is. Uh, there's so much scripture of people who suffer abuse and uh, neglect and horrible things that have happened in their lives and and have learned to see what God can do with broken places and experiences. And so you you may want to begin to look into those stories of, of people who have walked hard lives and where God is and what he is doing. Um, not because he's causing those hard things, but but that he, there is no circumstance that he cannot walk into and bring beauty into uh, in his love, in his creativity, in his holiness, in his beauty, uh, in his ability to redeem all things. And so it could be that you take steps back and you begin to frame for your children um, where God is for you in those broken places, where God is when Jesus is being abused and taunted and beaten and misunderstood, where God was when Joseph was thrown in prison for things he did not do, uh, when Paul was being beaten. There, there are so many people who have walked horror and who have found God in it, and their stories are quite significant. And so I, I would suggest maybe that you just take some steps back and, and look at what they're struggling with and, and look at at different ways maybe that they might pull it in. And only you will know. You are their parent. You know their trauma. You know their hearts. You know how they think better. And maybe um, you will be guided by God to sort of know, God, what is the access point they need right now in their relationship with you? Um 
sometimes I think our children uh, focus on the the whys. Why did this happen? Why did this happen? And sometimes that's that's out of these these understandings that God's uh, plan for our life. If God really loved you, he'd make your life perfect. And there are some really significant lies that often um, we all believe and that children believe. And and so helping our children see who God is in uncertain times, who God is in pain, uh, can be a really significant thing to teach. Because um, I don't expect, I don't expect um, that because God is loving that our lives are free from the brokenness of this world, uh, and that is a that is the beauty of the not yet. That one day, one day it will be perfect. One day we will not cry anymore. One day there will not be pain and brokenness, and that is the the glory of what is before us. But in the meantime, we live in this broken place, and uh, and there's nothing that he cannot walk with us. The other thing I would suggest is that you um, encourage your children to go to God with those emotions, that that he can handle their emotions, that he can handle their anger and their fear and their confusion and their storms. Um, he understands there is nothing that they may emotionally want to say or feel um, that he doesn't want to um walk alongside them in and and that can be helpful too that sometimes children feel like they have to perform for god or that he's looking for them to just smile and get on with it and and to to know that they can walk to god with everything that's in them and not be ashamed of that because he is the god who will relieve that can sometimes be helpful too and you can frame that in how you go to god with your emotions and how you go to god with that and it sounds like you already are doing that and so i think some of it is just teaching them how to how to walk through that and see god for who he is um not for for the 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 confusion of of why would he make everyone else's lives perfect and mine not? Because they can sort of hold him hostage to that. But instead to give them an access point for um, for the the bit of God that that they can connect with in this moment. And then he can reveal to them the next bit of, of him in that place, if that makes sense. That is not a full answer. It is not the complete answer. It is just potentially a, a starting point for that. And... Um, and to connect with other parents, uh, with adoptive uh, children who may be on their own unique journeys, and we'll be able to talk about that uh, with each other. But in the meantime, trust your instincts and trust the God who's going to lead you in that, because uh, you are their parent, and God has uh, gifted them with you to be able to uh, walk with them in this season. And a question to start an interesting conversation. If Jesus, as a man, came to stay at your house, what would you want to have ready for him? Have a great conversation. We'll be back next week. Bye. Thank you for downloading the Parenting for Faith podcast. A new episode will be released next week. And why not look at parentingforfaith.org to watch the free eight-session course, to get in touch, or to find out about training and events near you.